The Cape Up Podcast is sponsored by T. Rowe Price. Are you looking to learn a thing or two about getting your finances in order, saving, and investing? Check out The Confident Wallet, a personal finance podcast series by T. Rowe Price and the Washington Post Brand Studio. Coming soon to wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Jonathan Capehart, and welcome to Cape Up. Dionne Warwick is a music legend, a seven-time Grammy Award winner whose name and voice are among the most recognized around the world, an early activist in the fight against HIV-AIDS. I sat down with Warwick for a Washington Post Live event marking World AIDS Day on December 1st. You can hear her recount her work on HIV-AIDS and what she would do if President Trump called on her for help right now. I suppose I should introduce. <clears throat> yeah, you should. Introduce the the uh, legend that sits next to me. Good morning. I'm Jonathan Capehart, <laughs> opinion writer for the Washington Post, and I am joined on stage by an American icon, a music legend, Grammy award-winning singer. How many? Five Grammys, 14 Grammy nominations. My favorite album, <laughs> my home girl, she's born in East Orange, I was born in Newark. That's right. Um, Dionne Warwick. Yeah. Hi. In 1985, Ms. Warwick participated in the recording of That's What Friends Are For, which became a number one hit worldwide, raising awareness and major funds for AIDS research. In 1987, she was appointed U.S. Ambassador for Global Health by President Ronald Reagan. Throughout her career, she's been honored by major HIV-AIDS organizations for her advocacy for HIV-AIDS funding, research, and education. Ms. Warwick, thank you very much for being here. It is an honor to meet you. I took a very early plane <laughs> to make sure that I got back in town to be able to do this. And I want to remind the audience into the room and those of you, if I can find a camera, those of you who are watching um, via live stream that you can pose questions via, tw via Twitter. You can tweet your questions and comments to us using the hashtag post live. So, Ms. Warwick, you, I mean, it is 10.30. Yeah. But here you've been here all morning. Yes, I for, have. For, for all of the panels. So you've heard everything. And this is the last discussion. And I take it that there's, you're not too happy with what you've been hearing. Or better yet, not too happy about things that you haven't heard in some of the discussions. What haven't you heard that you wish you had? It's true. Well, I have been here since early morning. And I also flew in from Germany. Okay, you win. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're, we're on the same right. wave right at this moment. Yeah, I, um, it was very interesting, the different panels that were featured, uh, speaking of different areas of the HIV-AIDS epidemic. And that's what it's becoming again, folks, okay? Let's not bury our heads in the sand again as we had been for many years. When, um, when I was appointed your ambassador of health for the US, um, it was a self-imposed mandate that I made based on what I was experiencing, not personally, but then again, personally. Um, I lost my valet who worked with me for many years to AIDS 
not knowing exactly what it was. I thought it was cancer like everybody else did from the very beginning of this epidemic thing. Um, until Rock Hudson put a face on it and gave it a name. Nobody knew what it was. And being as curious as I am, as my grandfather used to say, my mother used to say I was nosy. <laughs> <laughs> and I am, I wanna know. However, what I felt I needed to know, you also needed to know. And I became Dr. Fauci's nemesis. <laughs> I mean, I, Tony hated me. He got to the point, Dion, you calling me again, why are you doing this to me? Why, why? And it's because I want to know and I need to know and if I'm going to be doing something that's going to be a help to people, then you're going to have to give me some information. And he was, he was generous enough to do so. I love that man very, very much. He's been a part of what I do as a human being. And that's basically all it takes is the quality of being a human being. My grandfather, who was a minister, said that God put us all here on this earth, regardless of color, race, greed, creed, or religion, to be of service to each other. And that's what we have to do, folks, okay? We gotta show up as human beings first. Now, listening to these folks up here. <laughs> She's got notes. Yes, I did. I took notes. Uh, when I started uh, running around the world, and I did, phys physically ran around this entire world at my own expense, I would not allow President Reagan to do this to me, giving me the opportunity to walk into that Oval Office when I had to and do this to him. And uh, finally, we, we got on the same page, and that went through his administration, through the Bush administration, and through the Clinton administration, um, all of which I didn't feel ever did enough. And they still, as far as I'm concerned, don't do enough. Our federal government has, seems that they're not doing anything, and that's also got to stop. We have got to rear our heads and let these folks that sit in there making all these laws that we none of us want to be of, of service to us to continue to do that. And there's a way to do it, folks. All we got to do is show up. That's all we got to do, show up. Anyway, back to these people talking up here. <laughs> uh, you know, they're, they're they want to know how do we reach people? How do we reach young girls? How do we reach young boys? How do we, how? Well, when I first started this advocacy of education and educating people on what it was that we were trying to combat, you have to know what you're fighting before you can fight it. At any rate, at that time, the youngsters, we created a comic book. And it addressed that it was okay to touch somebody, it was okay to be in the room with someone, it was okay to hug someone, it was okay. That was not the way this complete disease was contracted. For the older kids, teenagers, which was our targeted group at that point in time. 
I kept telling Dr. Woodward, we need to get their peers, they watch television 24-7, to be a part of advocating how they should be aware of what is going on in, within their own little small communities of teens. Instead of spending millions of dollars on flyers, we're, we're going to mill across the country flyers. I said, 90% of those homes that you're mailing into, those people can't even read. And as soon as they get that flyer, it goes into the garbage. So why are we spending millions doing that when we can spend millions doing ads on TV, making people aware? Common sense, folks. That's all it takes. A little bit of common sense. At any rate, on with these people up here. <laughs> Who else? Who else? Well, Phil who I happen to love very much. Phil and I were acquainted with each other about 35 years ago in Los Angeles. And he was a part of a group called the Minority AIDS Project. Reverend Carl Bean started that project. And Phil was very much a part of that and has continued as the National AIDS Foundation in Los Angeles. He has always advocated not only education, but medication, prevention, and where to go to receive such. Then I heard, oh, we're doing tests with Dr. Burke. Burke, is her name? Burke, yes. Dr. Burke and Dr. Fauci. Oh, we're doing tests that are really giving us wonderful results in South Africa, and in Ethiopia, and in Thailand, and so what happened in the United States? Why aren't we doing those same tests right here in the U.S. of A? If you're getting results that are positive, why aren't we getting results that are positive? Because you're not giving us the opportunity to be a part of these tests. That's got to stop too, folks. So, you know, I, I'm basically saying, let's all get it together, okay? Let's put any of this false craziness that we are unfortunately enjoying today within our country, people who are acting completely out of their minds, and I will leave that to your imagination <laughs> as to who they are. Mm -hmm. All right, so I'm looking at your list. There's no one left on, uh, left on your list. No. So in, in March, you... <laughs> Did I need to put somebody else no, on? No, I, I was just checking. <laughs> okay, you, you were on a reading run there. I... <laughs> um, so... In March, with the organization Acria, you did a series of, of PSAs. Yes, I did. With the tagline that I thought was genius, and I would love for you to talk about the PSAs, and particularly this, the tagline is, age is not a condom. And that's true. And so these PSAs are geared towards um, older Americans. Older Americans, especially why women. Old, especially women. Why older, why older women? You know, not, well, I well, shouldn't say only women. I okay, should older say Americans, older Americans. These are geared to, yes. geared to women, yeah. Because once you reach a certain age, I think we all feel we're infallible. It's the same thing with teens. They feel nothing's going to happen to me. 
Well, you know, you reach that age of 60, you feel, well, I've been through it all. I'm cool. <laughs> and not, nah, I mean, all the people I know still walking around here healthy, it looks like anyway. So I ain't got nothing to worry about until you had something to worry about. So we have to pay attention as well. As we progress in age, we also progress with the same problems that can befall us. So we have to be well aware. I mean, at you reach a certain age, does not mean you just decide to curl up and die. <laughs> you sound so much like my mom. It's incredible. <laughs> and you do, and, and, and she looks like you too. So this is kind of a surreal, surreal situation. But how is your message received? So you're talking about people who are 60 years and older who feel like I've been through it all, I've lived, I know everything, and yet here come these people telling me that I need to do X, Y, and Z. Mm -hmm. how, do, how do people react when they're told, mm -mm, you need to, you still oh, need to pay attention? Very receptive, exceptionally receptive, which is wonderful to hear and to feel. You know, we're at an age now where we're listening to people who have a little bit more knowledge than you do, and you're learning something. And that's, that's, what, that's what makes the world go around. The more you learn, the more you know, the more you know, the better off you are. Mm -hmm. So, and all of those who are well over the age of 25 need to understand that you have something to, part, to give to those who are under the age of 25. And those who are well over the age of 50, you have something to give to those who are 25. Those who are 50 and over, you have something to give to those who are 50. So, you know, it's about sharing. You love, you give, you care, and you share. That's what it's about. Now, back in the, in, in the green room, when you were telling me that there were things that were, weren't being said, and you rattled through the list, one thing um, you said back there was, you know, I've been doing this since 1982. I, if you had told me that I would be here now yeah. still talking about this, um, I know there are some things you said, you know, particularly like testing over, overseas, mm -hmm. but why not here? Um, what are some of your frustrations about the AIDS fight, especially since Funding. you've been in it from the very beginning? Funding, um, which is so disproportionate. Uh, within the communities, um, within the African-American uh, agencies, they're very, finding it very, very difficult to find funding. Um, and the other persuasions are finding it very easy. Uh, just, the, just recently, there's a young man who has um, said they've raised $100 million in over a 10-year period of time. $10 million a year, mm -hmm. they're going to be able to fund their, their programs within the South, which is very, very needed. However, if that agency is able to raise $100 million, why can't we, within those folks that look like me, folks, I got I was about to ask, who's we? I'm getting, Us. I'm just some person that looks like me, black folk, okay? If I had this be specific yes. about it all, <laughs> <laughs> like you didn't know already. At any rate, you know, 
yeah, us. We, we uh, found it very difficult to get anybody's attention, which is so ridiculous. And it's got, that's also got to stop. That's why I said, you know, we've got to wake up and become those human beings that God made us to be and act like it. You know, um, you have no problem coming to my shows, which I'm thrilled and grateful for. Thank you very much. However, you know, you, you can put on shows of your own as individuals and just be conscious of what you're doing, that's all. And just care, C-A-R-E, just care. That's all what you do. Um, so you've served as a Goodwill ambassador for President Reagan, and you said it went through President Clinton. I wasn't a Goodwill ambassador, I was the ambassador, <laughs> ambassador of health. Ambassador of health. Yes. Um, and you did work with President Clinton. Mm -hmm. um, so you have no problem serving, you, you are bipartisan. President of the United States Absolutely. calls you, you serve. So, let's say. Mm -hmm. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> Let me just get the question out. Okay, go ahead. Let's say President Trump were to call and say, Ms. Warwick, there's an AIDS epidemic in, in America that is, still, that is still raging, particularly in the South. I need your help. Please come in and give me your, your three ideas. First of all, <laughs> um, it would please me to know that he even has knowledge of, of this. That would please me with no end. Um, if he um, were of a mind to ask me to be of assistance, of course I would. Yes, absolutely. I, I likened this entire mandate of mine. It wasn't somebody else's, it was mine. And it was because I was seeing my industry being decimated. You know, we were losing people in the hair departments, makeup, dancers, musicians, cameramen. We were losing people to this disease. So I became involved. I wanted to know why, and I'm saving my folks, people that we are the comrades we, we live together with. Um, it's, it's a necessary thing for anybody who has a platform. And I, I have many. I, I work in theaters and, I, and I, I've spoken on behalf of AIDS on many occasions to be able to um, share you know, what, what knowledge, what little knowledge I do have. However, if he were to call me and say, hey, girlfriend, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's exactly what he would say. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure it would be mm -hmm. that exact words he said. Um, I don't know if he would say, I need. I think he would say, I'd like for you to. And proceed from there. It's a conversation. And I would have no problem in responding to him by saying, absolutely, this is something that I've been an advocate for and will continue to because. And from the very beginning of this train ride, I likened it to, I got it on the beginning of this, and I'm going to be on it until we find whatever it is that we can stem it to the point, not necessarily as it was very, very well put, a cure is something that 
we are, of course, all hoped for, but at least to stem it to the point where it doesn't keep rearing its ugly head. You know, AIDS has many different visions, different heads to it. And once we feel we've conquered one, another one just rears its head again. So, yeah, I'm on this train ride. I'll be on it until we get to that point. And if 42 wants to say, For yes, that's what I call him. <laughs> Forty. Right. Wait, you call him 42? For, well, 45. 45. 45, because I was like, whoa. Well, yeah, that was going back. <laughs> I mean. That's going back too far. Right. No, 45. But okay. I got something for 42, too. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 45, if he did call, and asked me to be a part of uh, uh, to be a part of the solution as part of instead of being continually a part of the problem. Yes, I certainly will. So the one thing I I, I, I get from you um, from even talking back there and even here right now, mm -hmm. there is no in the twenty five years, or if my math is right, <laughs> that you've been doing this. I would understand it if you were visibly angry, frustrated, um, and I don't, get, I don't get any of that from you. It seems as though you, are, you have this steely resolve to just do whatever it takes to get to that point where, if not a cure, something where it doesn't rear its ugly head mm -hmm. uh, ever again. How do you maintain such, for lack of a better description, a, a positive demeanor in all of this, given ever, all the friends that you've lost and what this epidemic is still doing in this country? Well, I, I, first of all, I know that we have still an awful lot of work to do. Um, and I have found that over the years, the people have responded. You know, the, the old saying, catch more bees, more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. It's very easy. This happens to be me. And what you see is what you're always going to get, okay? <laughs> I have, um, most people say, well, there, she does every now and then have a filter. But my majority of the time, Dion doesn't. You know, Dion has a way of saying what she feels. And if I feel I'm right until corrected, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to voice my opinion. And I think I'm supposed to be able to do that. And I do. And hey, folks. <laughs> so we have to use our voices, um, get in touch with organizations, talk to the president if he calls us. Um, yeah, not only the president, but everybody in government, period. Down the line. You know, Congress, Senate, um, uh, the health agencies that we we all are you know, have access to, all we got to do is take advantage of it. That's why we're citizens. That's why we're all born here. That's why we pay taxes. That's why we vote. That's why we do all the things we're supposed to do as citizens of the U.S. of A. So take advantage of it and really get busy, okay? Well, let me ask you, let me ask you this, because you said, you know, we pay taxes and uh -huh. you're urging people to vote. Um, there are a lot of, of young people who feel that their vote doesn't count, their vote doesn't matter, their voice doesn't matter, and yet they hear all of these 
older folks like us saying to them, no, 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 vote. Well, what I don't consider myself. I ain't no older folk. Okay. <laughs> I, was, I said, I, okay, I am just a folk. And I am. And I am able to talk to people who are younger than myself. I have two sons who are younger than myself <laughs> that I'm able to speak to. I have seven grandchildren who are much younger than myself that I'm able to speak to. So for you to say that they feel they don't have a voice, that's not true. They know they have a voice. We just have to let them exercise it. That's all. Encourage them to exercise it. That's it. Two sons, seven grandchildren. What are they going to do for you on your birthday, which is a week from today? Well, I'll be in Hawaii with my son. And he's throwing a huge party for me. And that's where I'm going to be, and I'm going to enjoy every minute of it. Where should, where should I be? December 12th in Hawaii, Honolulu. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. You want to give me an address? Where I can no. <laughs> Dion Warwick, thank you very much for being here. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Cape Up. Tune in every Tuesday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Stitcher. And how about doing me a huge favor? Subscribe, rate, and review us. I'm Jonathan Capehart of The Washington Post. You can find me on Twitter at CapehartJ. Hello, I'm Dan Lamoth, a national security writer here at The Washington Post. I'm the host of our newest podcast, Letters from War. It's the story of a family of brothers fighting in World War II. It is told mostly through the hundreds of letters that they wrote to each other. The letters detail everything from the Great Depression to their favorite baseball team, the Chicago Cubs, to the horrors of combat that they themselves saw. In this podcast, modern-day veterans will read the parts of the brothers, and at times they will relate their own experiences to what they're reading. Check it out on WashingtonPost.com slash Letters From War. The Washington 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 Post. Post.